Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we're going to talk about great gender gap news. Lee Wamsgans, South Lake Families Organization, joins me to talk about winning grassroots strategy. You will love this. Donald Trump is the most favored politician who knew and the heart of the battle for America's future. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. America Can We Talk is sponsored by GC Works, a Dallas-based company performing advanced technology research in the oil and gas industry. And hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Over the years, in fact, when I began, when I wrote my book 10 years ago, talking about the women's vote, I told you and told our listeners, I've studied the way women vote in America. There are numerous organizations that keep track of women's vote. And really, uh, the short story is since 1980, when Ronald Reagan ran, the women's vote shifted from being in America, shifted being from majority Republican to majority Democrat. Literally, women voted majority Republican pretty much for decades until Ronald Reagan came along. After that time, and the theory was Ronald Reagan sounded tough on uh, Russia, who was then our, obviously our large communist uh, potential enemy, and he did a great job dealing with them, but that drove many women voters to vote Democrat. Over the years and since that time, the Democrat parties worked very hard to bring the women's vote and to keep it on the American left. And they've largely been successful in presidential election and most other elections. When the data comes in afterward, you'll discover women tend to vote for the Democrat party, or put more largely and in context, women tend to vote for big government policies, and when you really dive down and understand why they vote that way, the overarching answer is they vote out of a sense of compassion for the poor. They buy into the arguments that big government and government largesse and big social spending programs somehow are an expression of compassion. So it's a compassion vote. And the other one is, is striving for fairness. Women tend to overwhelmingly say they're driven to vote for people, vote for policies that will make America more fair especially with respect to to minorities. It's with, both with respect to uh, racial and national origin minorities, but also with respect to poor. So the argument that women can be drawn into and permanently captured by the Democrat Party has kind of been a foregone conclusion pretty much since 1980. Data are shifting right now, and I want to tell you about a poll that came out. There are actually several polls, and I'm really excited about it, but I'm going to tell you more later in the show why I think it's so significant. But the short story is that there is literally, in this impending midterm election, 2022, the gender gap, based on several major polls, the gender gap is almost gone. Literally, as many women and men are talking, are going to vote Republican versus Democrat. I want to share some of the data, and later in the show, I'm going to tell you really why I think it's happening because I think it's deeper than what the pollsters are saying. Short story is a New York Times Siena College poll, and let me put the caveat in. Yes, I understand that many pollsters do what we call propaganda polling or propagandizing polling. They put a question out in a way that they're driving a certain answer. So the last thing that the New York Times would do is put out a poll to drive support to show that women support the Republican Party. So this makes it maybe news even better than they're saying. But the New York Times Siena poll says that 47% uh, of women are more likely to vote for a Democrat congressional candidate and the other 47 more likely to vote for Republicans. So the congressional races, as you know, every two years, the entire House of Representatives is up for re-election. We're split 47-47 women. This is phenomenally good news. And just so you know how different that was in 2018 midterm elections. This is occurring during the Trump administration. 2018 midterm elections, 59% of women voted for Democrats, only 40% voted for Republicans. So it's a big, big shift. 
Other big shift of news, even female independent voters, female, female voters who identify as independent, they shifted their support to Republicans by 18 points. So they are independent women now are going toward Republican voting also. Vast improvement over data from just a few months ago. I could read you much more data. There's also a lot of data showing that the overwhelming majority over all of Americans are intending to vote Republican, not Democrat, in this fall election cycle. I will tell you that much of the, the data is being interpreted by pundits and others saying, well, it's really because the economy is so bad, you know, inflation is terrible, which it is, gasoline prices are too high, which they are, a lot of economic factors. And I don't deny that those have a role. People do, they vote, you know, they say with their pocketbook, but they don't like policies that are driving the cost of living their life putting food on the table, feeding their children, taking care of their families. They don't like policies that drive those costs up. And they can directly attribute the cost of the, uh, if, if nothing else, at least of fuel, to the policies of the Biden administration, the ridiculous energy policies we've been over and over and over on this show are driving up the cost of gasoline, and they know it. And so they're voting against that. But I'll close the first five by saying this. We had our uh, Women for Freedom Summit this past weekend. I'll tell you much more about it. In fact, next week I'm hoping to be able to play segments from almost every speech uh, during the shows next week. But I took away a few messages from the overarching, there were actually 14 speakers and uh, five panels. It was a really, really intense day. And honest to goodness, everybody loved it. It was a great, great day. But some of the messages I took away that I'll share with you more um, are these. Number one, there's a growing sense in America that it's not just a question in, in elections or in our political future. It's not just a question of R versus D, conservative versus liberal, all the ways you can characterize normal voting patterns and normal political patterns in America. There's a growing understanding in America that really on a global scale, on a global in a global way around the world, we are watching the rise of strident, I'm just going to call it communism. You can say the word you want to say. I often say Marxism because I think that is descriptive because much of it is based on what Marx wrote. But whether it's Marxism, socialism, communism, Americans and millions around the world are waking up to the reality that we are watching a tug of war in this world between those who want to, the rise of communism again, the rise of tyrannical control over people, the loss of freedoms, and that whether it takes shape and form through the United Nations, world Health Organization, the World Economic Forum, all these international globalist entities, these are people who are striving and driving toward a new order in this world that will take away fundamental freedoms and vest power in a small cabal of people who actually think they're a lot smarter than you and they ought to get to run your life. And so I, you, I talk often about Marxism and communism and you'll hear in America people saying, well, but I'm not really a communist, I'm just a socialist. Please understand, they are like evil identical twins. Do not let someone get away with saying to you, well, I'm not a communist, I'm just a socialist. If you embrace the policies of econ the economic policies of socialism, you embrace communism. And what people are starting to recognize is this is where the American left lives today. We are not tiptoeing toward maybe slightly more socialist policies. America's left has been consumed consumed by the communist ideology and the, their plans for America's future. And America is just getting a little window on that right now, a little window in these first, you know, almost two years of the Biden administration. And they don't like anything that's happening in America. They don't like any of it. So the big battle in the world is communism, socialism, Marxism versus Americanism, America, and freedom, and freedoms that we understand, not just because we beg the government to give them to us, but as our founding documents say, freedom because it's a God-given right. The notion of the Declaration of Independence, coupled then with the Constitution, the whole idea of America is our country's based on the idea that you have rights from your creator simply because you were born. Not because government said you should have them, simply because you're born, the, the recitation of life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, those are the minimal, that's the minimum description of the God-given rights in our country. The spelling out of the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, which are being obliterated by today's American left, those rights are also part of the whole notion of God-given right to live in freedom. And the other driving factor is on the left, the communist Marxist ideology, it doesn't just 
not honor religion, doesn't just say they're atheists, they are a strident form of political atheism that drives God out of the public square and out of public life. So it's the godless communism or the American-based Judeo-Christian belief in God and respect for faith, that is the battle in this world. It's the battle around the world, it's the battle of America today, it's going to be the battle in the 2022 midterm elections. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. I mentioned we have a guest joining us. She's in studio, which is always fun. And I'll tell you, I just met her recently, although I heard a lot about her uh, before that. Uh, one thing to tell you about her is she works for Patriot Mobile. And we're going to talk first about a project she undertook, and then we're going to talk about Patriot Mobile. But the project, the reason I really wanted to have it spelled out today, because she took an issue she cared about. And as all of us do, we hear about issues and um, Actually, I'm getting a sorry. I'm getting a text message saying your sound is weird. Sounds like you're speaking in the back of a tunnel. Let me move my microphone in. We're trying this studio today. It's not my usual studio, so let me see if that improves the sound. Uh, any case, we're having uh, Lee is in studio with us. Lee Wamsgans, and she can correct my pronunciation of her last name if she needs to. But she's here to talk about what she undertook, uh, trying to address critical race theory, just kind of clobbering a public school system where she lived, and how she took action instead of just observing it and complaining about it at the dinner table, she took action, she did a brilliant plan, and I want to share that with you, not just to celebrate what she did, but to encourage you to believe you can do things like this too. So, welcome to the show, Lee. Thank you for having me. How did I do in your last you name? You did great, it was perfect. Wow, okay. It's rare. <laughs> okay, let's call the papers, because I said your name correctly. Okay, well, you know, the reason I was so, I mean, this made national news. You yeah. took on a, a school board where you were trying, to, critical race theory had slithered its snaky way into that school district, and you took a look at that and just uh, decided that was not going to stand. So I'd love to have you just spell out for our listeners, how did you fight it? What's the plan you put together? Sure, absolutely. Now this was uh, summer of 2020. Parents were starting to get active in school board meetings and they were mainly just talking to our school board about reopening the schools, about enabling a Dragon Virtual Academy as well as in-person instruction. So our, our uh, population was starting to get a familiarity with what it meant to go to a, the school board meeting and, and talk in public comments. During that summer, we discovered a plan called the, the, the CCAP, the Cultural Competence Action Plan. CCAP, C-C-A-P. Yes. Okay. Yes, and you can read that whole plan on the SouthlakeFamilies.org site, 36 pages. It's not like it's Obamacare, but I'm just going to hit some highlights for you. So some of the things it did, it mandated social justice training as a requirement for graduation. It created a diversity police denying due process of students and teachers, and it cost close to $3 million over 10 years without a vote of the taxpayer. Now, the crazy thing about this is our school board turned in a, they said that's okay, it's not really gonna cost tax dollars because we, we turned in a VOCA grant. So we started investigating what is a VOCA grant. The VOCA grant is a Victim of Crime Act grant. It is meant for victims of crime, um, and it's specifically violent crime, and specifically um, victims who don't have the money to help themselves, whether it be for counseling or medical care or legal counsel. Um, I don't know if you, your listeners know much about South Lake, Texas, but it is certainly no um, entity that should be in line for anything that is meant for victims of violent crime who need financial assistance. It's a beautiful neighborhood, a beautiful area with lovely schools, lovely homes, intact families, low crime. It's a fabulous area. Yeah. It's a fabulous community. And, and really, until this, our community was, was very, was very uh, together. And this uh, purposefully divided our community. So um, when this 36-page document was shown to me, I thought, um, finally, maybe some people would really you know, come out and, and get interested. I tried to get conservatives active in our school board, but you know, we are um, an upper echelon community, and the school board was more of a social club as opposed to political leaders. Um, the school administrators led as opposed to the school board leading because the school administrators are supposed to serve at the will of the elected trustees and the trustees serve at the will of the voters you know that's how the government's supposed yeah. to work yes so the long and short of it is all i did was publish this plan i got a friend who who knew um, how to do this um, i'm a little technically challenged um, set up just a landing page and all i did was publish like the top five ten points of what this plan has in it and i thought if i could get 20 or 30 people 
to go to the next school board meeting and talk against this plan, maybe we could stop it. I thought that would be a big, big accomplishment. Within 48 hours of publishing this plan, I had over 3,000 South Lake citizens sign a petition against it. And that's when it all took off. We formed a political action committee and went down the road in, in planning to defeat it. I'm gonna, I, I want you to keep going your story, but I want to make sure a, a quick recap here. So CCAP was put together by some group of people who were selected by the school board, I assume, or, or, yes. or themselves volunteered. But the essence of it was, it was pushing a lot of critical race theory. It was yes. pushing left-wing thinking about America into the public schools. And I, it's very interesting they used VOCA, Victims of Crime Act, because what they're really trying to, the underlying theme is that something really terrible is here, has happened here. There are victims here, which is a big leftist mindset to convince you victims are everywhere. And they use that to get funding to put in place this plan. So just, if I could just, what was so bad about the plan? What kind of things were just really gonna change in your school district? Well, you nailed a really important topic in the VOCA grant because in order to keep the funding with this VOCA grant, you would have to continually prove that you had victims oh and continually prove that you had perpetrators. So what this meant is our administration was willing, current administration then, we have a new administration now, but that administration was willing to throw kids under the bus to make them victims and perpetrators in order to keep funding their woke program. Okay. You know, actually, this is... Um, I. I when this was occurring, you said it was 2020? 2020 is when it started, yes. Yeah. we. I had a couple of people um, from South Lake on yes. the show talking about it, and I, I was truly amazed. I, I mean, it was like a, an eye-opening thing, I guess, for a lot of people, because you, you think of, I mean, obviously, a military invasion of America would involve soldiers at the border and, and uniforms, but the way America is being taken down by communism, Marxism, communism, right. is by ideas like this, ideologies sold in very, almost we're trying to help you, we're trying to rescue you, we're trying to protect victims, and it's sold in a way that the average person says, well, gee, maybe we should, maybe something's really wrong here I didn't know. And they get lured into thinking it's okay. But so, so what you did, again, you posted what they were proposing, right. we didn't like, and then you had people sign on, then what happened? Well, and then we um, held a large event. We were COVID limited, remember? And I, I want to, you know, give a shout out to COVID because if it wasn't for COVID, <laughs> parents wouldn't have understood and seen the terrible things happening in their school districts and seen the curriculum that was going on. So we were COVID limited. We could only have 400 people in this church. I had several hundred people mad at me, but at this event, people signed up for committees and how I run campaigns, sort of like a corporation, you know, divide and conquer. And people just gave money uh, like I've never seen in our city to local elections. And um, we vetted and found two amazing candidates, which you interviewed at that time. And, and so we had that election. One of the things that we did that was really important, however, was to communicate talking points to all of these 3,000 people so they could understand what to say. They could understand what time the school board meeting was. They would know what building to go to because they had never gone to a school board meeting before. And there was a, a part of the dividing and conquering was the public remarks committee and all of these other groups that just sort of came together from, from walking houses to uh, licking envelopes to texting get out the vote, we had an army of citizens. And these are people, citizens supporting school board candidates. Absolutely. That, and that, one you of, signed, that signed on to your views. Absolutely. Here. And one of the things we were clear from the beginning is this is, not a, this is not a sprint, it's a marathon. And that if we win these two elections, we still will not have the majority, and we did not. So since then, then we had um, a school board member leave early. So we had a November uh, special election. So then we had three. And then we had the next school board uh, race, which was just this past May 2021, where we got our additional school board member in. So we do have a majority on the school board. You have a majority on the school board. Mm -hmm. I want to show our listeners. I mean, among the things I was telling you before we came on air was it's so important, these kind of things, because the way leftism presents itself, it is we care a lot about victims, we're the ones trying to protect people, and they, they cause people to feel like, well, I, I better sign on or at least right. be supportive because otherwise I might be called a bad name or I might be lumped in a category of bad people. And uh, I did, if you 
Google, if you shouldn't use, don't use Google, if you use some <laughs> other search engine and find out about this, you'll see all sorts of leftist hysteria about these elections, trying to say that, you know, we have a terrible problem with uh, white supremacism in America, and we look at this, we try to solve it, and these mean people won't let us. So I want to commend you for the caliber of your website, and actually, Emilio, I sent these in reverse order one. There's one that's called the opening page. I want you to, to show the website that you created. Well, the first one's called, yeah. I mean, this was your opening page, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, it is friendly. Yes. It is happy. And it's basically, it's, it's bucking up the people of your community, just saying, I, I mean, I just want to commend you for the, the tone you took. The, the, go ahead. Well, the, the reality is, is, is once you're called a racist, the 547th time, it no longer has any meaning. And the sad part about that is it diminishes real racism because there is real racism in the world. Yes. And they've, they've completely uh, whitewashed and, and just watered down that term. Our argument all along was we, were, we absolutely stand against racism. There is not systemic racism, but where racism rears its ugly head, and actually says it lower on that page, where racism rears, rears its ugly head, it needs to be squashed You know, We all stand up against it. Absolutely, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Another thing that was brilliant in your website is this is the one um, Emilio called a district in crisis, and this was a page on your website too. The re the, I was, among the many things I'm thrilled about is it's really enticing sometimes to um, try to explain, you know, you're talking about how a clock works versus give me some bullet points that are clear and crisp. Right. Tell me what the problem is. And you did that in this website. You said, here's what the problem is. You know, we have a global pandemic, all the things you mentioned, why this proposal is bad. And it really, they're great um, kind of indisputable points. Go ahead. I assume you had a team work on this or just you did this? Well, the, this was my original website before we had an army. So I'm, I'm just so proud of how the people stood up. But you know, uh, light bulbs started going off because here we, we were, I mean, South Lake Carroll is an amazing school district. People moved to South Lake for our school district. Yep. And people were wondering why this amazing school district was, was handling curriculum and, and falling behind worse than neighboring districts and worse than neighboring much less funded private schools who had much less resources. Well, it all dawned on us when we found this plan. Oh, the amount of work being put into this plan is what, the, is what our um, administration had been focusing on forever. Not only focusing on, but going on a road show. We uh, obtained through public information requests slideshows where our assistant superintendents were calling our citizens racists, um, saying that they've been so embarrassed of the people that they work with. And th these are people who we pay their salaries. You know, and there is no proof to this. There is, it is not a racist town. It is not at all a bigoted society. In fact, it is a loving society. And before this came along, our, our community focused on being colorblind, which critical race theory, as you know, is against that. And by the way, we had never even heard the term critical race theory. We never used it in any of our oh. in any of our documents or anything. We just knew that this was the at this time our community, there was a Black Lives Matter march and there was a lot of the people on this district diversity council that created this that were involved with the local Black Lives Matter movement as well as the district diversity council that created it. Okay, so people involved in this, what you're describing occurred, this presentation of this C cap and the later, the demands. And actually, let's pick up that. Uh, that's also, Amelia, the last thing I sent you, the slide that's called the Sark demand letter includes. Letting people know what the other side's demanding is really huge because if it, because I've heard people say, well, if we've always done this, it's racial sensitivity training. What's wrong with that? Yeah. And it isn't. It's important to, for people to, who aren't involved to see how extremely radical. I mean, the demands that you know sharing students' disciplinary records with future colleges and employers. All of a sudden, if you realize the staff is bent toward finding racism, if there isn't any, mm -hmm. and a child who does something that may not even be racist at all, but is characterized that way. And pretty soon, you're picturing your child having their future college and employer records contain something reflecting discipline related to racial insensitivity, or however they would say it. All of a sudden, the parents are saying, wait a minute, not my kids. I, yeah. Okay, I want actually to throw a little 
Would you want to say something about this slide before? I would like to, because honestly, this, uh, so so the CCAP wasn't extreme enough for this local BLM SART group who brought this demand letter. And the only reason it was brought to my attention is because people in town know that I'm the one who pushed having school re armed school resource officers in all of our schools, and I served on the school safety task force. And so um, they came to me saying, um, they're trying to get this, they want to, what, what their demand letter specifically said was they want to disarm the school resource officers, and until they can uh, be, you know, completely thrown out of the school when the contracts are up or whatever, uh, disarm them until we can get rid of them. That's, if it wasn't for that in their demands, it probably never would have come to me and never would have been published. So it was a godsend that they put that in there because there is no way Southlake is going to allow school resource officers to be taken out of our schools. We have one of the best programs in America. Yeah, among the many completely senseless things that the left insists on and having no other solution is just disarm the school officers, people who can defend the school against school shootings. I mean, there, there is no rationality. I want to throw something in the, on the subject of race I thought was so interesting. So, and you may have done this too, there's a recent film, Uncle Tom 2, it's yes. a documentary, yes. and the original Uncle Tom and a great group of people who put it together. and uh, I. I noticed the language they used describing Uncle Tom too. Quickly for our listeners, Uncle Tom is a documentary put together. Uh, Alan West is in it, and uh, who's been on the show many times, but a lot of other people, and Larry Elder was kind of behind it, putting together a documentary trying to say to America, this is how black conservatives see the, the situation politically, this is the life experiences they've had, this is how they see America, and it's trying to make the point, Uncle Tom, uh, generally speaking, was the, the original was a bunch of uh, very serious, thoughtful black conservatives in America voicing their ideas about what happens in America and how race is depicted. Uncle Tom, too, is really an effort to expose cultural Marxism, and they did a great job, I'm reading this from their website, a very short clip, because it describes that they're trying to to uh, say, and it really describes the motivation behind the people who are pushing this um, CCAP on uh, the schools, uh, South Lake schools. Uncle Tom, too, unveils the Marxist strategy of creating false racial tension between Americans and its ultimate goal of obtaining power, destroying capitalism, and replacing God with government. I wish I wrote that sentence. I know. It's, it's amazing. United, we stand, divided, we fall, and the, and the implications of this, what the left really wants to do is divide us. And that's the whole purpose behind diversity, equity, and inclusion. And out of the DEI, the most dangerous thing is the equity. Because in public schools, they've been, equity dumbs down the curriculum. And so when you talk about Marxism and socialism, what is the way for um, evil dictators to control a population? It is to dumb down that population. That's the number dumb one. down and divide them to where they just, they are suspicious of one another. We had a gentleman on the show recently who's in the military talking about how the invasion of cultural Marxism in the military and spending time military academies mm -hmm. fretting over skin color and racial insensitivities and pronouns, they emerge even from military academies not united, divided, suspicious, exactly. resentful. It, it is a tactic, and this is what I think has taken millions of Americans a long time to wake up to is we're being played by the cultural Marxists on issue after issue after issue. And the goal is not better racial understanding. The goal is never positive. It's always division. Well, it's always division, and it's and it's not it's not new. So the sexualization of our children has been happening since the 50s. But when you look out on the streets and you see Antifa marching in the streets and you see so many people, young people who hate America, and you say, how did we get here? And you realize this curriculum has been in the schools for decades. You realize this is how they hate America. They were on the course to winning. But COVID woke some people up showed us what was happening, and then the mama bears came alive. Thank God for the mama bears. Okay, so at this point, you're, it's a victory. You have a majority in the, uh, is, how, is, the school district is called Carroll? No, South Lake Carroll. South Lake Carroll. Mm -hmm. So you have a, a majority there, and they're slowly shifting policies as needed to, right? And oh, absolutely. Making huge progress. We, we have a new superintendent. We have new assistant superintendents. We have some wonderful people. And we've always had wonderful teachers. You know, uh, people want to talk about the right hates teachers. No, the right doesn't like activist teachers. And honestly, they're the minority of teachers, at least in our district. The majority of teachers, you look at a newspaper that we printed. We had teachers come to us in the dark of the night say, please stop this, in tears, saying, I can't go to the school board meeting and speak like you can because I'll get fired. 
So the majority of teachers are good, loving, honest people who could quite frankly be making a lot more money doing something else, right. but they love kids. They, and they yeah. feel like they're staying to try to be a barrier between this evil indoctrination and truly educating these children that they care for. So, I mean, among other points, what I wanted to try for our listeners to make this point about how at this time people are so concerned about many issues, you went from observing something that didn't sound right, writing up a simple statement about here's what they're trying to do, here's how it would harm us, and once you, it's like you put the truth out there and invited people to sign on, and you ultimately, not just you individually, but you and your team, resulted in, the, the, the outcome was, you changed the majority of the school board and therefore drove all this ugly cultural Marxism, leftist garbage out of your school district, or you will eventually, you're working on that. We're still working on it, and I will tell you, um, a gentleman by the name of Tim O'Hare helped me form the PAC. Um, I, he, he was kind of the mastermind behind that, and um, we came up with a committee of about 15 people who seemed to be leaders in the different areas, and the people of Southlake, the parents of Southlake, we really had an army. If that, I mean, Tim and I couldn't have done it by ourselves. It was literally thousands of moms and dads who really stepped up and showed the country that you can be called a racist and still fight for what you believe in. That's another thing I want to commend about, you know, I, I think what happens in these kind of uh, cultural battles is that when the accusations come, the name calling comes, the temptation is, because you're a nice person and you don't want to be called that, right. you either shut up, uh, or the other thing is, you try to answer point for point, go back and forth, I'm not really a racist, I just think we shouldn't teach this. And, but you didn't get caught up in that, or at least in the website you didn't. You just got caught up in saying, this is truth, this is what matters, this is what we're fighting for. Because once the, the leftist mindset has engaged you in the battle, engaged you in the conversation, it goes on and on. They'll, they'll never concede a point. They never concede an issue. And you've wasted your time when you could be waking up more people who are going to be with you spending it point by point and, and the, I was at, at the end of it all what the left is trying to do is just plain old evil it's plain old evil it's wrong it's bad and there's really no reason to negotiate with it no i i i'd say we don't negotiate with terrorists and it's really tough to debate with someone who will just lie left and right which is what the left has done throughout this entire ordeal so um, we keep the main thing the main thing the victory is winning and you just keep going you keep going on the point that I want to turn and talk to Patriot Mobile, but you know, the other thing is, I think sometimes people can think, well, gosh, that's good. We, we had a school board meeting and they rejected some policy or they put some, they did something we asked and think, okay, we're done. This is a battle, I, I'm sorry to say, Never for done. eternity. Never eternity. Done. Because right. once the leftist mindset is always looking for a way to take America down, you know, another sling and arrow, they'll always be right there to attack. So it's eternal vigilance. Well, and, and I want to talk about eternal because this is the bottom line. This is spiritual warfare. Yes, it it's is. not political warfare, and it's for the hearts and minds of our children who are a blessing to us. It's uh, it's the left and the government trying to say they are in charge of the children, not the parents in charge of the children. And that's not only not biblically not biblical. It's it's wrong, and it goes against the underlying preface of our of our country's um, foundation, of our values, and the whole strength of America, which is keeping the family unit together. Amen to that. It is, you know, this, this large battle I mentioned in the first five, you can say it's, you know, it's communism versus freedom, or, but it really is. It's just God-centered life or God-centered sense of life, worldview, and atheism. And the atheism in America today is not just someone privately deciding, you know, I don't think I believe in God. It's a political, strident, activist atheism that says, there is no God who's given you any rights, and therefore the government can control everything about you. Right, and they've come up with this term Christian nationalism to to try to mock. mock people. And yes, I'm proud of my country. Yes, I'm a Christian. But they, you wouldn't put any other religion in front of that word. That would be considered offensive. Mm -hmm. But but the left doesn't seem to think mocking Christians is a problem. And they did they do that at the microphone too in the public comments in these school board meetings as well. They do. And actually, well, we get off on that topic, probably for another day, about this whole concept of, you know, we, in our country, the left is so urgently 
demanding we honor, you know, countries that are Islamic majority, have Sharia, that they're allowed to have that, that's who they are. And America, we had leftists over decades pushing away at the idea that America had any uh, Judeo-Christian roots. It was just kind of, we were founded on secularism and separation of church and state, which was not true. And you were like, we're reteaching. You know, actually, that's not what we're founded on. You know, we had, we don't have the term separation of church and state in the Constitution because that's not what America was founded on. It's right. a concept of Judeo-Christian values, which do include complete freedom of religion. For anybody, absolutely freedom, yeah. freedom, not freedom um, of from religion. From religion, right? Freedom of religion. What you, what they want to do to us to tell us we don't have the right to practice our Christian faith. We don't have the right to raise our children in our Christian faith. One of the tenets of this CCAP was LGBTQ audits of every club, which has actually been found unconstitutional at the Supreme Court. LGBTQ level. officers of every club? Audits Audit. of all school clubs. Oh, in oh other words, gosh. if every school club did not have a LGBTQ friendly arm to it or um, division of it, they, yeah. they couldn't exist. So that was another Oh my thing gosh. That, that the stridency is mind-blowing. Sorry, excuse me. No, no, it is mind blowing. It's it, it, who would have thought ten years ago we would be fighting minor gender modification. We would be fighting to have our kids educated in school as opposed to indoctrinated in school. Um, the left has been ahead of us, and they're really furious right now, and they're fighting back with fury. And it's because they finally got a fight. You know, they used to have the ball field all to themselves. Right. The other team has finally showed up. We, we, uh, we actually finally realized what they were doing. There That's was right. a lot of just ignorance about what, the, what was going on. You know, I've had this conversation with people about about America and the idea of our founding idea in the Declaration that we, you know, all created equal, we rights from God. You know, if you don't have that premise, if you are a society that ignores that notion, then if someone says, well, I have the right to raise my children based on my beliefs, I have the right to, where do you think that right comes from in a society that doesn't honor that foundational notion? I mean, the whole reason Americans believe they have rights is because we start with the idea, that idea, we have rights from God because we're born, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. As I said in the opening, too, the Bill of Rights was an expansion of that. It's a, it's a, an expansion and protection of your God-given rights and your identity. And the founding of America kind of flipped the whole idea of what a country is versus it used to be, for most of human history, a government and control the people. And some of them had some kind of religion, but the government was, you know, really could control everything versus the primary relationship is God and man. And there is government who in America's goal and mission and obligation is to protect that relationship and protect that freedom. Oh, absolutely. And, and I don't know, you know, who was naive enough not to realize when BLM had it on their website that one of their goals is to disband the nuclear family, that they weren't going to try to disband the nuclear family. So, um, and again, that's one of the tenets of taking down the strength of America. Yeah, it is. And actually, we go on on this. I do want to turn and talk to Patriot Mobile. Um, but that cultural Marxism idea of recognizing just because they aren't armies at the border in uniforms shooting guns, the battle for what America is, the battle for the future of freedom, is very real, it's very consequential, and it's right here. It's happening right now. It's an ideological battle. And up until a few years ago, we were we didn't know it and we were losing because we didn't know what was going on. Absolutely. Yeah. We weren't even fighting. We, <laughs> amen. Okay, so we Patriot Mobile, I will tell you that I've, I've known the idea for years and um, I've known the founders for years, but I know what they try to do, and I'll let you tell it best. So Patriot Mobile is a mobile phone company and you have a position with them too I'm sorry I don't have it in my head your position is so I'm vice president of public affairs on the company side and we have a separate legal entity called Patriot, Patriot Mobile Action I'm the executive director of that political action committee as well you're one busy person okay a bit yeah <laughs> so but I love just generally speaking if our listeners don't know why Patriot Mobile is different as a cell phone company so we are the nation's only Christian conservative cell phone service provider we focus on four areas when I say focus I mean we give a portion of every dollar to these areas It is the First Amendment the Second Amendment uh, the sanctity of life and we support our military and first responders. So we work very hard at vetting these organizations and giving back to these organizations who are, you know, for example, I'm just gonna name a couple, you know, Embrace Grace or the Susan B. Anthony List. They're, they're, they weren't only in the pro-life fight, but they are the ones that reaching out to churches, creating programs to assist mothers in crisis pregnancies, to provide housing, to provide education and resources, real financial um, opportunities for people 
from having the baby and keeping it to the adoption option. So you, Patriot Mobile takes, I mean, because I, I, the way I've mentioned it in my show before is, it's the same thing as when you decide to stop shopping at some store that you know gives, all, gives a portion of their proceeds to left-wing causes. Find a source for whatever it is you want right. that donates to right-wing causes. It, I mean, people do it in all sorts of arenas in America, and Patriot Mobile does the same thing. So if you're paying your phone bill every month, and you're just thinking, I would never win a million years, write a check to Planned Parenthood, but you realize you're paying your phone bill and the money, a portion of it you're paying, goes to Planned Parenthood. You really are donating to Planned Parenthood. You really I, are. And why would you do that? Especially, you know, people, I see people walking 100 houses and going, but you're giving your money in this company and this company and this company to these groups that are fighting us. And so not only do we give on the nonprofit side, um, several of the executives form this political action committee. And we just launched it this year. And we start, we're in the generals now. But what we started with was, um, was with uh, four ISDs, and we took on 11 school board races. And we, they weren't love easy. That. They were not easy races either. We won all 11. And what that ultimately means in North Texas is that over 100,000 students in North Texas who previously to May had uh, liberal majority school boards now all have conservative majority school boards. We have the president, the vice president, and the secretary of the board. And, you know, they control the agenda, they control the culture, they control what happens in those school board meetings. So anyone can become a Patriot Mobile customer. How do they do that? PatriotMobile.com, 972-PATRIOT. PatriotMobile.com, you can go on, you can keep your existing phone and turn it over. Is that right? People ask me all the time, what is Patriot Mobile? We're on all of the same towers that all of the big mobile is. The only difference is, number one, we have all U.S.-based customer service, and you're not giving your money to communists. Okay, I'm in favor of that. Not giving money to <laughs> To summarize, no money for the communists. Okay, uh, we could talk much longer. Many, many issues to be touched on today. But I want to thank you, first of all, for your bravery, for your energy, for getting after this issue regarding the public school school boards. I mean talk about affecting America's future so and also for your work at Patriot Mobile and, I'm, and I, I'll tell my listeners we are soon going to get my husband and I phones at Patriot Mobile and start working with them because I don't like the idea that my money goes to, to organizations I sit here I, I spend hours every week telling you why you shouldn't support them and then I'm writing my phone bill check so I'm kind of supporting them so I'm going to change too you should too okay Lee thank you for coming in thank you for having me appreciate it great to see you okay my friends I'm going to play a quick little video here um, you know I'm on this mission about support people who fight and Carrie Lake my favorite gubernatorial candidate in the country uh, just had a little interaction you know, she's being hassled she's running for governor of Arizona she's allegedly neck and neck I can't even believe that but she's supposedly neck and neck uh, we hope she can prevail in November but she was stopped at some you know press stop where she's talking about she, she first of all she's on a tour calling at what she calls ask me anything she is the most prepared candidate I've ever observed. She is on top of the issue. She's well-informed. She does not lose her cool, but she's very, very strong. And these are, it's like my role model for how to respond to, and I hope it would be a role model for many candidates respond to belligerents. And so you had belligerent people in the media who keep mocking her because she keeps saying the 2020 election was stolen. So I want to play, I believe we have, we sent the video, Mr. Emilio. You can play this video. Here's Carrie Lake. She is, this is an example for how it's done. Go ahead. If you're going to start throwing around terms like election denier, let's remember who the other election deniers were, Hillary Clinton and all the Democrats. Next question. The question is, you over the weekend, everybody, you took the Google all over the world. Your name was ringing everywhere. And one of them, yes, man, because I have the scale. And one of them has, and most of them were asking, is she a, 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 an election denier? Carrie Lake. And that was like, like going around on all different cable news. What do you elaborate on this? I'm actually shocked you asked that question, George. <laughs> well, actually, Anthony, where's Anthony? Once in a while. <laughs> Here, Anthony. You know, I, I did a little, actually, Anthony. Anthony, how old are you? 20. Are you a journalist? No. Well, you did better research than half these people. Um, let's talk about election deniers. Here's 150 examples of Democrats denying election results. Oh wow, look at this. This is from, this is from uh, Joe Biden's press secretary. Reminder, Brian Kemp stole the gubernatorial election from Georgians and Stacey Abrams. Democrats saying that. Is that an election denier? Oh, look at this. 
just heard Republican Ryan Costello said it would be difficult for Stacey Abrams to win because she lost her state bid, but yet she's still claiming she never lost. This is outright Hillary Clinton. Trump is an illegitimate president. Is she an election denier? This one says, was the 2016 election legitimate? It now definitely is a question worth asking. That's the Los Angeles Times. So it's okay for Democrats to question elections, but it's not okay for Republicans. It's a crock of BS. Every one of you knows it. This we have a freedom around. of speech, and we're not going to relinquish it to a bunch of fake news propaganda. We can cut her short. She, okay, she was so ready for the question. Well, she should be because she's gotten that question hundreds of times in campaign trail. But this is what I'm talking about with the need for boldness. And, you know, I talked my first five today uh, and, and actually also talking with our guest today, Lee Wamsgas, about the idea that the conservative views are right. They are rooted in what is true. And it is time for people to assert what is true, to be bold, because and what is really happening is, uh, as I mentioned the polling earlier about women, they are seeing that the left has lied to them, has harmed America, they're watching the destruction of America under the Biden administration, and it is drawing women voters who traditionally go to the left, drawing them in. It's not just inflation, high gas prices. It's a much deeper sense that the left is, is wrong, is off base, is leading us down a path and more and more people seeing the big big picture of communism versus freedom so back to Carrie, what Carrie Lake is doing she's had it with trying to run through bullet point by bullet point and when she's asked about well you mentioned election fraud she doesn't go through and list you know 37 examples which there are hundreds of examples she's ready for the question she pounces and she points out the obvious fact that the left somehow it's okay if they claim election fraud happened when it didn't over and over and over and over she's ready for the fight she stands up and this is why i i'm feel sure she's going to win. I certainly hope she will win. But also explains the next thing I wanted to talk about today, which has to do with Donald Trump. Very similar to Carrie Lake. In fact, Donald Trump has endorsed Carrie Lake. She's been early on supporter of him. There was a poll out. And if you can believe, again, understand, polling companies, especially those on the left, they write polls to propagandize. They write polls to mislead you. They write polls in a way that the questions are written, someone doesn't understand it, or the way it's written, it leaves a, leaves a misleading impression. So this is, understand, Harvard-Harris polling group. These people do not want the following answer, but this is what happened. Harvard-Harris polling group, left-leaning, media narrative engineering effort, that's all they're ever about. They did a poll in which they're asking about who is the most favored politician in America. And not, this was not a poll of Republicans. This is their typical, in fact, if you dive into their poll, you can find out who, the, uh, who uh, was made up of, their, of who they polled. But these people try to get polls to come out to make you know, Trump look hated, to make Republicans look hated, to make Democrats popular. This poll, the most po favored politician in America, Donald Trump. And I'm telling you why is because he speaks truth. He cuts through the garbage, just like you saw what Lee was talking about when she made her website regarding the school boards and what they're teaching their children. This is Donald Trump, why he's so popular, because he just says what's true. Just like Carrie Lake, she just says what's true. So Donald Trump, quick summary of this. This was um, uh, Trump, Pence, Biden, Sanders, Kamala Harris, the single most, the favorable uh, of all was Donald Trump, the most favored politician in America. The question was, name a politician, favorable, unfavorable, favorable, unfavorable, and, and whoever's asked goes through the list of, quest, list of uh, politicians and marks down who they, whether they view that person as favorable or unfavorable, he wins. And I'm telling you why. It's not because they love every single tweet. It's not because they, you know, they're sycophants. It's because Donald Trump spoke truth about America. He still speaks truth about America. He stands up for this country, and the people are thrilled to see that. Doing better than Joe Biden, well, that's not surprising, but doing better than most of the Democrat politicians, better than Kamala, better than Joe. And I just, I want to say, it's not just, I'm, I, I, you know, people want to portray Trump supporters as kind of sycophants. They are just so smitten, or they're bullied, or they're stupid people. The people who are 
willing to, who love to stand up for Donald Trump, who support him, these are people who are discerning what time it is in America, how we are in a radical stage of loss of America, loss of freedom. The, the, the Marxist invasion has practically taken down America, and this is why people are waking up. It's why women are coming over to vote Republican, and it's why people support Donald Trump so strongly. That he, he is the most favorite of all politicians in America, and the reason is because he speaks truth and people recognize we don't have time in this country. We don't have time to nitpick over small issues. We don't have time to fuss over, you know, nuanceical policy differences. Uh, we need someone who will stand up for America and really expose what the left is doing. That's what Lee did in the school board races, and they're continuing to do. It's what moms around the country are doing at school boards. It is what many, many conservative groups on the right are doing. They're saying, you know, the militia has arrived. I'm going to fight at least on one issue. I'm going to stand up on one issue because they see how far the left has dragged our country down. Um, and, you know, I was going to tell you about this uh, Black Lives Matter very quickly. I know I got it, don't have a whole ton of time yet, but on Black Lives Matter, you know, they really, really got a mountain of support out of the American left when Black Lives Matter got organized. And I mentioned Black Lives Matter, I think it was just yesterday on the show, but Black Lives Matter, I mean, they, as, as every leftist cause ever does, they come up with the best names. Because of course black lives matter. Of course they do. Everyone's life matters. All life matters. Every, you know, even unborn. But also, every person's life matters. But when they chose the name Black Lives Matter, they got millions of unthinking Americans to rally and stand up and, and think that they were going to stand with them because that's a good cause. As I mentioned yesterday, there was now, there's, is known now that the funding for Black Lives Matter came from Chinese Communist Party sources funding organizations in America. Black Lives Matter is yet another weapon, another vehicle of this Marxist takedown of America we're all watching. We're watching on the grand global scale is the communists, where they call themselves socialists or Marxists or blue world order people or globalists. It's communism and godlessness and the loss of freedom or it's freedom under God. It is God-given right to live in freedom. It is limited governments. All the things that America stands for. That is the entire international clash. And when people begin to see the battles we're facing in this country in those big terms, in those really important big terms, they're just not willing to humor the leftist ideology. They're not willing to humor what the left is trying to do. And as you saw in the example of Lee, who put together this little uh, website just telling people, do you want to know what's being pushed at our school district? You never saw it. You never you got to didn't get to vote on it. They didn't even tell you about it. But as you are, as you're trustfully sending your kids off to school and thinking they're learning, you know, about how great America's founding was, or you know, advanced math, or whatever. You you think they're, you hope they're learning, and they're learning to hate America. This is the leftist ideology. Hate America, hate family, fight family, feel racially divided, agree with yourself that America is hopeful, hopelessly systemically racist. This is what the public schools were doing to your children, and this is part of the leftist takedown of America. The leftist takedown of America, I mentioned many times on the show, that concept of the long march through the institutions, the cultural Marxist idea that America was never going to be defeated militarily, but it could be defeated by the slow eating away at destruction of the belief of the people in the idea of America. The left has been at this for decades. It's just now in this time coming to the fore, coming to a head, and people are realizing, as Washington Biden administration, that they intend to take down this country. They intend to destroy America as founded, America rooted in freedom and the promise of God, of, of, of the idea that simply because we exist, we have God-given rights to life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, and many other rights. That is the idea of America. The left is way down the path of taking that down and trying to destroy it on, on all sorts of fronts, schools just being one of them. On Black Lives Matter, they have now been more and more exposed where their funding comes from, the conduct of the officers involved in Black Lives Matter, uh, engaging in private use of the money. They shouldn't be. There, in fact, there's a, I think it's up on our website today, great article uh, called End of the Line for Black Lives Matter, running through all of the ways in which Americans are starting to wake up to what a fraud Black Lives Matter was. It was never founded to address race relations, to improve race relations. It was just another tactic of the Marxist takedown of America. One of the things Kanye West actually said, uh, which caused him 
in all sorts of trouble. Black Lives Matter was a scam. That was his word, a scam. You can have, as everyone knows, there may be serious issues, occasional issues of racism. We have to address them. We ha and everyone despises racism, so we all attack them. But we have, we have been almost lured into surrendering our country because of the many ways in which the left tries to attack our country, say it's wrong, say it's weak, say it's bad. So we have really a, um, we're at an amazingly important time in this country where, where for the first time, and I don't even know what to say, decades, where the American people are recognizing the battle is bigger than R versus D, the battle is bigger than, uh, you know, the um, which candidate's going to want, win, and who's got the better uh, points to make this time. The battle is whether you want to hold on to America. The battle is whether you actually believe in the idea of America. This is my last very quick topic uh, for today, which uh, I think, Amelia, yeah, the heart of the the heart of the battle for America's future. I really want to make this point as clear as I can. We have these elections coming up, the uh, midterm elections in 2022. And there are people who are working very hard in this country. I mean, the Democrats know that if we had fair elections, they would lose. They will lose in a landslide. The Democrats know they'll lose the House, they'll lose the Senate, they'll lose various governor's seats, they'll lose state legislatures. America is outraged and disgusted and angry over the Biden agenda and what it's doing to America. The American people are wide awake. And so there is an effort in this last few weeks, I mean, because the Democrats can see they're about to lose everything, there's an effort to attack every single person running for House, Senate, at the federal level and the state level. The left is on fire because they realize for the first time that the American people are waking up, waking up to this cultural Marxist, uh, you know, Mar long march through the institutions, destruction of America, which has been pushed and orchestrated by the Communist Party and the, ide the ideologues of communism for decades. As I said earlier, we do not have soldiers at the borders. We don't have the Chinese soldiers at the borders. Mostly we don't, but we don't have armed soldiers invading America, so we don't necessarily see the battle we're in as a war. But what we are in America today, what we're in politically, is a war for the future of freedom, the future of America. There are just, in the big grand scheme, there are two sides. There's either America, the promises of our Declaration and Constitution, the idea that you as an individual have rights from God, you have the right to life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, and all the other rights and Bill of Rights, and they are yours because you were born. And the country of America exists to protect those. So we have freedom, we have free markets, we have freedom of speech, we have freedom of religion. We have a, an assumption, a presumption of a society that's rooted in the, the Judeo-Christian scriptures, the promises of God to his children to live in protected and live in freedom under the rule of law. That's what America is in its big picture. So that's America. That's the America as intended and the America we had for over a hundred years. And the other side is the rising globalist, communist, socialist, Marxist. They're on the march because they think, the leftists in this world think that America is vulnerable. If America falls, if America surrenders to this communist agenda that is right in our faces, if America surrenders to that, there will be no place to go to have freedom. And this is why in this election cycle, it matters a great, great, great deal that you not only vote, but you vote up and down the ballot and you vote on election day. Don't vote early because it allows those who cheat through electronic manipulation of voter tabulation software, which happens and it will happen if we don't be careful. It, it probably will still happen, but we've got to try to fight it. I urge you to think about this. What you're really voting for is the future of freedom. So I don't care if the candidate who's got an R by their name, and they may not be the strongest fighter. They may not be the best leader ever. They may not be a strong, passionate speaker. But you have to understand, everybody on the American left, the Marxist left, will continue and aid and abet this Marxist takedown of America that we're watching before our very eyes. Among the channels that the Marxists use in this country, uh, the various issues we talk about all the time, these are all just ways and means by which the left is taking away freedom and moving our country toward more totalitarian control, more tyranny, less freedom. COVID policy, 
election fraud, border failing to enforce the border, uh, the destruction of children and families, the advancing of the transgender agenda for kindergartners for crying out loud, uh, the attack on the rule of law and the justice system, and the way the justice system is mistreating the January 6th defendants while letting pretty much everybody who pushed actual burning down of cities through Antifa and Black Lives Matter, letting them all go. Those all seem like unrelated issues. My point in closing today is this. If you have any inkling at all to step back from an individual issue, step back from the pros and cons of issue X, issue Y, and, and look at the bigger picture, the battle we're in, in this world, is for the future of freedom, and the only home, the only place that freedom lives in this world, at, based on the founding documents of the country, is America. America is supposed to be that beacon of liberty. It's supposed to be the place where America proves to the world that individuals can live in freedom. We can have a society rooted in freedom. We can have structured and ordered liberty. But the, uh, the left-wing attack on the rule of law in this country, the defunding of police, the uh, continuing to let people out of jail for when they shouldn't be out of jail, the danger that flows from the changes in uh, the law that have people dismissed when they're charged instead of uh, who are dangerous to society. Every single thing you're doing that's destructive of America's culture and freedom and liberty, COVID policy, election fraud, rampant, border, abandoning the border, attacking children and families, and the, rule, the attack on the rule of law and the attack on the whole, on police itself, all of it is related. All of those points need to be pulled together in your thinking into recognizing what they are, which is part of the Marxist left trying to take down America, the Marxist left on the move trying to push the world toward new world order, global governance, world economic forum, equity, all sorts of things they say they're going to do. And the roadblock to these communists on the march in, in the world today, the roadblock is the existence of America. America, the country where we were promised at our founding, the idea of liberty for each of us, rights for each of us, the concept of freedom of religion and speech, every other freedom we have, those concepts are what drive the leftists in this world crazy. They cannot believe there are people who will still stand and say, no, I have the right of freedom of speech. I don't care if Joe Biden said I, don't, I can't speak about COVID policy or I can't speak about election fraud. I'm going to speak up. It's why Carrie Lake is so tremendously popular. Huge crowds everywhere. She's very much like Donald Trump. She speaks up. She doesn't mince her words. She doesn't say bad, she doesn't use bad language, and she, but she speaks up in extraordinary ways. Every one of us in this country needs to be in this battle to save this country. Every one of us. You all have a lane to pick. You all have a place to fight. Fighting what my friend Lee, who was here today, was talking about what she chose to do in the school districts over in, um, school district over in um, Lake uh, Carroll, uh, Lake South Lake Carroll, it's exactly what you need to be doing, every one of us need to be doing, is standing up and speaking up for America. So we've lost our screen here. I guess we're okay. We're going to, as we do at the close of every show, we tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. Um, the great gender gap news. I don't know what's happened to my screen. My great gender gap news. Uh, New York Times Channel poll tracks women's voting preferences. Most recent poll shows major shift away from Democrats from 59 to 40 for the Democrats in 2018 to 49 to 45 for the GOP in 2022. Women independents shift 18, point, 18 plus points toward the GOP in this last month. Poll identified issues driving the shift as economy and inflation, but America Can We Talk's view based on impressions at the Women for Freedom Summit, something much bigger is than economic freedom is driving the shift for many women. Battle lines are crystallizing, good versus evil, freedom versus communism, God versus atheism. Biden's America is waking up millions to what Marxism is and the misery it inflicts. And on, there's nothing compassionate or fair 
in evil, communism, socialism, or atheism, women are awakening to this truth and they are rejecting the lies. And on Donald Trump, the most favored politician, Harvard Harris Poll says Trump is by far America's most favored politician. Everyday Americans understood what elitists do not. Appreciation for Trump was never worship of Trump. It was and is embrace of MAGA. America's policies are no longer fought on the same playing field. The left seeks the destruction of America and freedom, period, full stop. Listen to that again. The left seeks the destruction of America and freedom, period, full stop. Same jelly of what's at stake that is occurring with women is occurring across the board. Good versus evil, freedom versus communism, God versus atheism. These are not com compromisable issues. They're not equally merited. The side of good, freedom, and God must win for America to survive. The alternative is, cat is catastrophe. Reagan's prediction of a thousand years of darkness. Trump gets it and he fights, and that's why Americans support him. And our last, next slide, was the, um, the heart of the, of the battle for America's future. Secure borders versus open borders, energy independence versus energy dependence, big pharma control of health versus doctor-patient relationship, declaration of independence versus the 1619 Project, free speech versus big tech, big government censorship, childhood innocence versus grooming and sexualization of everyone at all ages, law and order versus defund the police, no prosecution for small crimes, no bail, strong military versus woke military. The list ultimately boils down to, we are at a time and election, it's good versus evil, freedom versus communism, God versus, versus atheism. America is anchored in good, in freedom, and in God. Americans must not give an inch to the left. The time to stand up is now. Vote on November 8th. Do not vote early. And that, my very fine friends, is our show for today. I'm Debbie Georgiatis, and this is America Can We Talk. Tomorrow, Thursday, our show, our special in-studio audience show, will feature, feature Victor Avila, a wonderful guest who works at the southern border, helping America understand what's really happening, which is we don't have a border, and also understanding the danger flowing to America by our unenforced southern border. So, tune in to my show, America Can We Talk, every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time. I do America Can We Talk to, to talk truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. America Can We Talk, truth about America. Can you